how do we be a good steward of money? What does that look like in practicality? We can do our money mantras. I am a money magnet. Money flows easily. I'm responsible. I'm a good custodian. I'm a good steward of money. Money is not ours to own, right? Money is an energy that moves and navigates around the world. And most of us think like, oh, I collect this and I hold onto it and I own it. And that comes from a lack and scarcity mindset. And yeah, of course you want to have savings and emergency funds and things. But if you think about money as a frequency, it's designed to flow and circulate. That's the design of it. And so the question is, when we sit with that currency coming through us and to us, and we want to increase how much we can hold that like really taps into increasing our capacity to receive. Uh, but really we want to think about when we're doing that, we are being a steward of money. We are not owning it and holding it and scrimping it and saving it. That's a lack mentality. We are being a steward of it. Hello and welcome to the untapped podcast. I'm Bryony McKenzie, founder and chief transformation officer here at Untapped. Over the past few years, I've helped thousands of people in our workshops, group programs and events create an extraordinary and truly aligned life. This podcast was designed to give you a taste of those conversations, letting you in on the cutting edge wisdom that I hope will help you tap into your infinite potential. Press play and let your evolution begin. Let's dive into the five habits of a million dollar CEO. And the reason I love this title so much and this conversation is because so many of us, when we're early in business, look ahead and think, oh, but I'm not there yet. But when I get there, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And in fact, we want to be right now the mindset, the frequency, the energy, the commitment, the habits of the business owner that we're becoming, right? So this is going to be a really powerful episode for those of you who are maybe early in business, maybe you have a side hustle. I hate that name, soul hustle, right? Not even hustle, just soul alignment. Maybe you have something you're creating in the world using your creative gifts, uh, bringing some value to the world and you're starting to think, okay, how do I turn this from side hustle or thing on the side into my main income or you're really early in your business or you know anywhere from zero figures to half a million, this is going to be relevant. I've even worked with clients who are at a million in revenue and still don't have these habits set out and powerfully created. And when we think of money as an energy, we want to realize and think, okay, what is the relationship I want to build with my money and my business? And how can I do that from the beginning, from Now, even when it feels like it's little or I'm not there or I don't have much yet, you build those habits and mindsets now and you respect money as the frequency that she is and that's going to scale and grow with you. So regardless of where your little brain is telling you, this isn't relevant for you, you're not a million dollar CEO, whatever. This is about becoming the person who can hold the space for a million in revenue or whatever you want to scale to in your life and business. And it's perfectly fine if you don't want to do that either. These habits are just effective, powerful money management mindset conversations. So we're going to go through five 
habits and I'm going to give you as much practicality as I can, things that I share with my private clients that I work with intimately in the realm of finances and wealth and things that we also share in our untapped business and leadership training. The next one is happening in March 2023. So I'm going to give you as much practicality as I can so you can leave this episode and have the mindsets and the access, but also the actual how-tos right? Because that's something I've been listening to lots of podcasts recently being like, this is great, but there's like zero, like valuable, like tangible actions I can take here. What are the actions? So you will leave this episode with actions and we're going to go through five things. So the first one is this conversation of being a really good steward of money. So on a monthly basis, and we're going to use that as a frequency, how do we really honor and look after and gain clarity about money? That's the first one. A couple of really small, but powerful, smart money wins that I wish I had earlier and that were really important as I scale and grew and money account management. So how do we actually move the money into what accounts? How many accounts do you need? Where does it flow? How do you manage that uh, on a day-to-day basis? The conversation of paying yourself, which is a really important conversation that a lot of early stage entrepreneurs struggle with because we say, oh, I'm not making enough money yet or how much do I actually know how to pay myself and reinvest. And then the last point is really the reinvestment in the business, right? So how much are you going to reinvest into your business and how do you think about that? And I'm going to be sharing the mindsets, the tools and the access that I got from working with really incredible business mentors and how they taught me how to think about that and how I could have done that early in business. That's, I don't have many regrets, but this way of thinking is an access I wish I did have earlier. So let's kick off with number one. How do we be a good steward of money? What does that look like in practicality? We can do our money mantras. I am a money magnet. Money flows easily. I'm responsible. I'm a good custodian. I'm a good steward of money. And I want to dial into that mindset initially and remind us that money is not ours to own, right? Money is an energy that moves and navigates around the world. And most of us think like, oh, I collect this and I hold onto it and I own it. And that comes from a lack and scarcity mindset. And yeah, of course you want to have savings and emergency funds and things. But if you think about money as a frequency, it's designed to flow and circulate. That's the design of it. And so the question is, when we sit with that currency coming through us and to us, and we want to increase how much we can hold, that like really taps into increasing our capacity to receive. Uh, but really we want to think about when we're doing that, we are being a steward of money. We are not owning it and holding it and scrimping it and saving it. That's a lack mentality. We are being a steward of it. And especially if you are in business, there's going to be a huge amount of circulation occurring, probably an amount that you're really uncomfortable with, right? And this was for me over time, I really started to expand how much I was comfortable with coming in and going out and just being that conduit of where money wants to flow and utilizing it as a resource to create the life and business I wanted to build. So that's the foundations of this first point around being a really powerful steward of money. Now, what does that really mean? A radical responsibility, right? Really owning and rocking like this is your money game and money has come to you and how can you look after it and move it and navigate it in an effective way? Now, one of the biggest pitfalls that people have when it comes to their money and being a good steward of money is a lack of clarity, is really really having no freaking idea what's coming in, what's going out, where it's going, all of those things. And if we have no clarity, we have no power, right? We really can't make decisions in our business. We really can't make informed 
have informed conversations. We actually, you know, ethically, you can't even raise prices and things if you don't actually have a clarity of where that's coming from in your business. And of course, we can get into liability issues with taxes and things if we're not a good steward of money. So really honoring that relationship that you have and setting up new new habits that you're going to need in business that you haven't had previously. So perhaps in your personal life, you have a money audit. And if you don't, that'd be great. And you could go back and listen to our early uh, episodes in the money season where we did some jams on, you know, building foundational wealth. But the same you have to have for your business, right? Your personal expenses and your business expenses are completely distinct and a lot of people collapse them and actually really treating them as two separate entities. Your business or what you're creating is a whole other entity and it deserves, and I know initially if it can be quite murky because your personal life is often paying for your business initially and it gets all messy, but it still is important that your business gets its own dedicated financial planning time. And so what that looks like in practice is once a month, right? Once a month, you can sit down and have a money date. That's the concept from Barefoot Investor as well. And you do this with your business. And inside of this, you can actually sit down and do a proper review and audit of everything that's come in this month. So go through all of your expenses bit by bit. And if you use a software like Xero, that's going to be great because it's all automated. Um, and of course, if you're not on Xero or anything, you're going to be in a spreadsheet. I would recommend that, you know, zero subscription, I'm not an affiliate, but it's a minimal subscription fee and it is one of the most potent things to have all your accounting documented properly in a software that's designed to do it for you for clean records um, and becoming the business that you want to be, right? It's like you may not be charging GST or any kind of those taxes yet, but it's so important to have a proper process about where things are going in and out and having, you know, separate business bank accounts set up from the start and a proper Excel spreadsheet or the accounting software that's dedicated to your business. Remember, it's not about the business you are right now. It's about who you're becoming. So at the end of each month, you can sit down on this money date and you can go through your expenses and really look at like, okay, what did I invest in this month and what came in? right? What was the revenue that came in? How much money came in? And just calculate it exactly. And I personally have the software that I use for all of our coding and all of our reconciling, but I also have a spreadsheet, right? I have a financial projection spreadsheet uh, that really looks at, okay, cool. This is what we created this month. This is the revenue that came in. This is the expenses, everything that went out. And that leaves you with your profit. Now, Profit is one of the most important conversations. I could do a whole episode on that. And I've done trainings on that, just one concept of profit first in our untapped business and leadership. So many businesses do not focus on profit, right? They focus on revenue, on driving sales, and that's great. But the reality is it's who cares if you have a $10 million business, if you don't get take anything home ever as an entrepreneur. So profit really matters uh, in terms of being able to focus on that. So in this money date, you really look at, okay, cool, what's coming in the revenue? Just track all your payments, track your bank account, write it all out, put it all down, put your expenses, go through everything. And if you're one of those people who have murky, messy, like, oh, some go off this credit card and some go off this thing and some go out of this account, like clean that shit up, like get those coming out of one account, make it clean, make it somewhere you can so easily jump in, see the record, boom, there it is, got it, right? There's my expenses. So you've got what's come in, what's gone out, leaves you the profit at the end. And we're going to talk more about how you can think about your profit in your business and what you can do with it. And of course, if you're really early, there might be no profit and that's okay too. 
right? Um, at this point, uh, in terms of what's really important to think about each month as well is how much tax you're going to need to set aside. So something that was really helpful for me when I initially started is that my auntie said to me, or just always put a third aside for tax. When you look at income tax, end of year, provisional, GST, like it all adds up, always set a third aside for tax. So at the end of this money date, when you've really sat there and you've gone through the revenue that's come in and you've followed up all those outstanding invoices, right? You need a process around that. I would actually recommend that you do that weekly. I wouldn't leave that till monthly. Um, you want to be tight around your payment plans and invoices and following those up. Uh, they say there's fortune in the follow-up and you know if you don't have a proper system around that, you're going to be the last person to get paid, especially in challenging times. So you need to take a stand for what people owe you uh, and have a system around that. So I'd recommend on your payment plan follow-up is to have that weekly versus monthly, right? Weekly on a Friday morning, go get a nice coffee or a chai or something like that and sit down and you know do it yourself. Um, if you are too sensitive in that sense, you can hire a VA or I know people in the past who have pretended to be Mel from their admin account and followed up those invoices, right? If you struggle to ask for money, um, but also it's a really good lesson for you as well. Um, I personally now, like I used to do it myself and it was quite challenging in client relationships, but it was a really good muscle for me to build. And now I obviously have a team that manage that. Um, but really having a tight system for how you're going to manage up payment plans and invoice tracking uh, and doing that at a specific time each week, because otherwise it gets murky and messy and it's four weeks on and you've already delivered the thing and then clients don't pay and it all just gets, again, it's thinking like we're being a really freaking good steward of money here. Right, so you have your money monthly date, you have your weekly payment plan or invoice tracking meeting, then you have your monthly money date. And I would recommend if you struggle to do this or you hate it or it's boring, habit stack it, put it to something cool that you love doing, or get a girlfriend or a friend or a partner and be like, right, on the 30th of each month, we sit down for two hours, we get together, we go to this cafe and we do our money date until it becomes a habit and a practice. So for me, when I first did this, it was so intentional. It was in my calendar. It was a big thing. I had to like do it every month. And I still have that system for our whole business and all our data, but it's more integrated now in a way that I'm actually kind of pretty much always across what's coming in, what's going out each month. Not exactly. I still have to do the system, but it's become part of my mindset and how I think about business. But initially I had no freaking idea. Um, and then at the end of that, you can sit there and go, okay, cool. What came in this month? What's the revenue on that? And what would the tax be? And set aside that tax money. Uh, and that's really, really important because the tax man is coming two things certain in life, death and taxes, right? You will pay taxes at some point. Um, and I can promise there were years I was so organized and ready and also years that uh, took me a little bit by surprise. And, you know, we've got these huge tax bills. I'll talk about that in this episode as well um, and being prepared for that. And I was so grateful of what I had set aside. So that's your monthly money date and being a really good steward of money. Now, there's a couple of small wins and I called this second point like just smart money wins. These are these are really things that they're like little hacks like for people out there who just love it. Um, two, two things. If you are a digital online business, you are going to have the reality of subscription creep right? So think about lifestyle and creep. Uh, you're going to have experienced subscription creep because that's how a lot of tech and SaaS products and things have now modeled their pricing model. It's like, 
over time, you know, you got this free thing, then you got a monthly thing. And over time, you're going to acquire more subscriptions. And then we tech stack our whole business off all these different tech subscriptions. And that's that's a huge cost of doing digital business now, right, is our subscription fees. And that's perfect. That's one of our overheads. We don't have office expenses usually. There's a lot of things we don't pay for in physical brick and mortar businesses. So that's part of having a digital business. But subscription creep is really real. And I think what what I would invite you to do here, something that we do is that we do a subscription review quarterly. So every quarter we have a specific Excel spreadsheet that has all the subscriptions that we use. And we have the monthly amount, the annual amount, like when we acquired it, what we use it for, if we still use it. And every quarter we sit down with that spreadsheet and you can just have it in another tab in your master spreadsheet and we go through everything we have subscriptions on and there's a couple of reasons this is so important a it really shows you a subscription creep and what the overheads are of running your company um and that's really important for you to see because sometimes when you're pricing things you know you're like oh you know this is i'm charging so much for my time and it's like when you actually see the overheads of your business it can really support you to be like wow this business actually yeah it costs a bit to run and that's really important for you as a business owner to know those overheads the other thing is you you'll see redundant subscriptions you'll see absolutely dumb stuff that we've been paying for for months that no one uses anymore or that we got a premium version for at some point that we don't need anymore and that will just show you like what plan you're actually on and what you need the other thing i see and notice is that when we initially subscribe to two platforms or we're trying something for example the team just got you know we just paid for loom we were like okay we love doing recording all our standard operating procedures and sending little videos to team members via loom so we actually paid for a loom subscription now prior to this we'd always used just the free kind of one but then of course it maxed out and wanted a monthly subscription great okay we do that right and we try it for a couple of months and then of course everything just keeps rolling 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 and what is really important when you do a subscription creep is you can actually make or a subscription review you can make a commitment oh okay we love that as a team now or I love using that one I'm gonna now go to an annual plan and that of course you get incredible savings on an annual plan if you can do that and you've committed to using that platform. So I have seen years where we've paid, you know, hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars over because we kept rolling on the monthly subscription and we didn't have a set date of like, hey, in two months, you know, let's see if we want to go to annual. We didn't do that, right? And a lot of people don't. And so the subscription review is an opportunity to cancel things, to downgrade subscriptions, to upgrade subscriptions to annual ones and keep them and just really keep across subscription creep because it's a very, very real thing, right? And keep your accounts really clean and see what you're paying for. So that's a really cool smart money win um, if you want to be operating like a Boom ass CEO. And the other thing that I wish I got an access to earlier is, and I say this with a word of warning because, you know, some people are not so good at managing credit. And if you're not one of those people, if you don't have that kind of discipline with money yet, this might not be a good one for you. Uh, so I caution, I recommend this with a word of caution. And also there's a self-trust discipline muscle there for you to expand into um, over time. But something I did for probably like four years of businesses, I've only recently done this one, is you know we, I was always just putting everything on my debit card, on the business debit card, and it would just deduct out of the business account, the operating expenses account, which was absolutely fine. Um, and 
what I now do and was advised to do by some really awesome business mentors is like, that's a lot of costs over time. If you're running like Facebook ads and you're talking about thousands of dollars worth of platforms and subscription fees that you're paying, sure, you can deduct it out of your debit account, but you could also process everything through a visa or an Amex that gets you points, right? And it's really important to know if you're going to do this, like what you actually use. So for example, uh, my Visa card, the credit card has quite a low limit and it also doesn't really get many points at all. It gets some New Zealand points if you're from New Zealand Airlines, right? If you're from New Zealand. Um, But actually the Amex American Express has been something for us now. And again, I'm not an affiliate, but now it's like, sure, it's quite a hefty um fee, annual fee to have an American Express. Of course, we're traveling, so it means we can go to all the lounges and things and get that benefit. But the best thing is the points, right? They've got an incredible point system that you can then transfer for travel credits. And it's significantly higher than what I had on my visa. And of course, I was getting nothing on my debit. And this is, you know, tens of thousands of dollars every year that I was spending on subscriptions and things that could have been on this Amex getting points. So now what I do is I have this dedicated Amex for the business and all our Facebook ads, all our subscriptions and things go off that so that we can get some really awesome travel points uh, and gain some benefit, right? So that's just something to think about. And then of course, at the end of every month, I look and I see, okay, how much business expenses did we put on the Amex? And then you pay it down immediately from the business account. Now, the reason I caution that is because you have to have that discipline, right? If you obviously credit cards are terrible, if you just let them kind of go, go, go. Um, But if you do have that discipline to then pay it down, you can get the points. And for example, for me, I've already, you know, well exceeded uh, the cost of the card with travel points from how much we literally monthly spend on team expenses and subscriptions and all of those components. So that's a money win I wish I did earlier and I actually didn't get access to until I kind of went into an international entrepreneurs community and everyone was like, yeah, like get the points, like rack it up. And I was like, ah, so um, that was really interesting uh, in terms of what to also with the credits Uh, I could go into a whole other thing about that, but um, just with the Amex credits that we're using, we're really just using them for travel. We're translating them for hotels, for flights and things, because that's where you get the best transfer for the points. So just make sure you do do your due diligence on what one you want and what the points are and how that's going to work for you. And it might not be an Amex as well. It can just be another visa. But the point I'm making on this one is if you are paying significant business expenses every month, at least be getting them, getting points for doing that, right? Um, Versus just transferring out of your business account. And of course, just make sure you have the discipline to be paying that down. Okay, big breath. Regulation breath, right? Hopefully you're writing down lots of little points and things you're going to set up and go do and create for yourself. Um, And I've got plenty more. Remember, I said this is going to be practical, right? Something about untapped, if you're not familiar with untapped programs or untapped style of working, um, we are mindset, we are energetics, we have um, some really deep integration work that we do, and we also have a really strong lens of pragmatic action, right? Aligned action and pragmatic tools and structure because the reality is a lot of this stuff can be awesome and it feels like mental masturbation. You know, you're learning, you're like, oh, so good, so good. Um, but what are we actually applying? What are we actually translating into action? Because the action is where our real life shifts. For you to know you should do all this stuff makes absolutely no difference in your life. Like, it's cool and it's exciting. You could 
probably share it with someone else, but to not actually do it and not be integrating it, like that just doesn't work. So a huge, huge thing about untapped programs and the way we work in our events and our community is how do we translate these mindsets and these shifts and these beliefs into action? Like what does that look like to be someone who's a really smart, incredible CEO uh, steward of money? So my third point, I've just got three more points. So the third point is around our account money management, how we're actually managing the flow of day-to-day money in our accounts. I'm going to set you up a framework that you can use and then paying yourself the conversation of how do we know how much to pay ourselves. I have some ideas and a solution for that as well if you're early Um, and then a really potent mindset that is one of the biggest mindsets I wish I had earlier in business, right? There's not... Like I said, I don't have many regrets, um, but when I get access to something and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could have had this earlier. This would have made a world of difference. Um, That's what I absolutely love to share. So let's start with point number three, which is really our account money management. How do we think about where the money moves and flows in our accounts every day? So a lot of people have an income account right? That is not going to work. One income account is going to be so messy. And remember from the beginning, we want clarity, we want cleanness, right? And then some people have an income account and a tax account. Okay, good start. Good start, right? Um, Setting aside your tax is such an important habit and really making sure you actually do have a tax account that you're doing that with at the end of each month, choosing, knowing, okay, a third of this is going to be taxable and setting that aside. And I had a point in our business where our tax bill exceeded $60,000. And just so you know, I didn't know at that point, but there is a legislation in New Zealand, which is called the use of money legislation, which basically means when your tax bill goes beyond $60,000, it is payable within seven days of receiving that tax bill. Otherwise, you gain interest. So it's called the use of money legislation. The concept is that you would be able to use that tax money for other purposes and make money from it, which is true to some extent, right? You even get interest on that money. So the IRD basically charge you for that. Um, Whereas usual, the usual situation with the tax bills, you get it and you actually have a significant amount of time to pay it off and can pay it in installments and not gain interest on it. Um, So this is, was a pretty significant hit for me when that came through. I mean, really exciting, obviously to get a tax bill that big, because it means you're making money at that point. Uh, But it was also really daunting as a huge number to pay down and pay down pretty much immediately and otherwise gain interest. And, you know, it's not a huge interest, but it was like 4% interest, which over time does add up. Right. So that was a really interesting experience. And I think I had about, um, I think I had about 80% of it, uh, the tax bill. I think I had about, you know, I think the tax bill was like 85,000. I think I had about 72,000 set aside, which was great. Um, and really, really, really lucky. It was honestly, I felt so grateful that I had built a discipline from day one of my business of even, I remember the days when I used to put like $30 in my tax account, right? I'd do my monthly end of, end of month, I'd be like, oh, I made $400. Okay, cool. I put $30 of that. Oh, that's not the right math, but I put that over into my tax account and it sits there and it'll be ready for the tax bill, whatever tax bill, right? Whether it's GST, end of year, depends where you live in the world. Of course, what taxes you pay, you really want to know your tax rates as well. If you don't know your tax rates, like what you get taxed on um, income tax and your brackets and things, go and talk to your accountant and get clear on that. Remember, clarity is power. So know all the different types of taxes you're going to have to pay and all of the rates, because that's going to help you understand how much goes into that tax bill. So 
of course, you've got your income account, which is your OPEX account, so your operating expenses. That's just your day-to-day trading, right? Then you have your tax account, which you'll be setting aside that significant amount of money every month uh, and really being ready to pay that. Um, A little top tip on your tax account is again, depending on how disciplined you are, there is a access and a, a mindset that you can put your t- that tax money in an interest-bearing account. So it could go into maybe not a term deposit, but maybe another um, asset pool. Some people even use it to pay down mortgage drawdowns and uh, other really smart things because, of course, that money's not due usually until another year away. So you can do really smart things with your tax money as well. Put it in an interest-bearing account, put it on a mortgage, like yeah, have it work for you and just be conscious at some point it is going to be due, right? So get make sure it's accessible enough that you can get it back and pay it back in time. And again, that's like a discipline conversation as well. Um, for some people, it might be best that your tax, your tax account is with another bank, right? Because for you, maybe if you had 30 grand there, you might actually end up spending it, right? They say we eat what's on our plate. Um, and so actually, yeah, that's a really important thing with your tax money is maybe it needs to go on a whole other bank with a higher interest rate, or maybe you want to utilize that money for something else. Um, just be smart about what it is and just know when it's due. And that's the main thing. Uh, the other components, so you've got your, ta- your operating expense, you've got your tax thing, then you can have two other accounts. So I invite you to have four business accounts. And um, this is something a business mentor taught me a while ago, and it was so game changing. So initially for the first three years in business, I just had three accounts. I had my growth account or my, my sorry, my operating expenses account, my tax account and my profit account, right? And I talked a little bit about profit first, but most people, you know, don't, um, really think about this conversation of profit so you can actually set for yourself okay actually you know I want my business to have at least a 10% profit margin or a 20% profit margin and you can actually set up a profit account that at the end of each month you calculate how much you make okay I made $3,000 well you know um, 70% of that stays in my operating expenses uh, because you know it needs to and it goes back into the business uh, 30% or 33% goes to tax. Okay, well, we've already hit our 100%. So let's go lower. Let's go 50% stays in my operating expenses. 30% goes into taxes. And I actually want to make a 20% profit margin. So I put 20% of that into my profit account. And of course, that profit is for you, right? That's your your dividends as the business owner. And really having a set account for that was so, so powerful um, to be intentional about the profit that we wanted to uh, you know, gain from the business. And then the last account, which I didn't set up until probably the last two years, but has been really fantastic, was a growth account, right? So you've got your operating expenses, which is day-to-day trading. You've got your taxes, which are always going to be due. You've got your profit, which is going to be set at a percentage rate that can be pretty minimal, bearing in mind that's just for you to take home. And then you have your growth account. And your growth account is basically what you want to reinvest in the business. So you could say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to put you know, 40% is operating expenses going back into the business. 30% is going to be taxed. That's 70% of my income. Uh, Okay, I've got 30% left to play with. Let's say I want to do 10% profit. Perfect. Now we're at 80. 20% can go into what's called a growth fund. So bear and the difference between that is operating expenses is your day-to-day operating overheads and expenses, right? Your um, growth account is like putting aside money for, it's like your rainy day or your emergency fund as a personal person, right? So for example, Untap just did the big rebrand that we did, which was so exciting and beautiful and unplanned. It wasn't an expected thing. When we bought in our um, amazing brand strategist, that wasn't something we actually thought we were going to do. We were going to do some other initiatives and it kind of popped up. 
And of course, if I had looked at the OPEX account, we wouldn't have had enough. But because I had this growth account that I'd been putting like 20% in each month, we had this little pool of money that was able to pay for those kind of unexpected or upcoming expenses or maybe hiring a business mentor or getting a new brand or getting a photo shoot done or whatever it is. These things that are growth orientated, not for the day-to-day OPEX, but for the growth of your company, right? And having that growth account is such an incredible mindset shift because it really helps you be like, okay, what's in my growth account? What's in my profit account? Uh, And that leads me really to my next point, which is how you really think of yourself uh, or your business as an asset, right? So a lot of people kind of say like, oh, you know, but I want to pay myself from the business now. Um, and that, of course, that's a really Im- important conversation. Um, so how how do we know how much to pay ourselves? And then what do we do with the rest is kind of where I want to go with the last couple of points. So on the first one, paying yourself, uh, of course, it's really challenging when it's not consistent, when you don't have an exact amount that you make each month in business. I know that can be really up and down. And so people say, oh, you know, pay yourself and you don't know how much. So on that, I would just say, choose something really minimal, right? Choose something that maybe doesn't cover all your living costs, but you know, maybe it's $400 a month out of the business that you pay yourself and really choosing something that is going to be doable and starting to build that habit of actually paying yourself. Um, Because then, for example, you pay yourself, then you use that money to set up your automatic payments for your life and it just starts to build that flow. Uh, If that's really not possible and it's way too yo-yo-y still, something you can do and what I did for about a year and a half is choose a percentage that you'll pay yourself, right? So for example, okay, the money comes in, you know, I made $2,000 this month in the business. Uh, I'm going to put, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to put your tax away. You're going to put some growth money in the growth account. Maybe it's just a 5%, 3%, whatever, a little bit of profit, maybe this month, maybe 2%, maybe 10%. Um, and then I'm going to pay myself a portion of what I made this month. So made two grand, pay myself 10% of that, right? A couple of hundred bucks, whatever it is, choosing a percentage that you'd like to pay yourself. And that can be really helpful. And it is really important to pay yourself because if you don't, what can actually occur in the business over time is resentment, right? We work for these, we, you know, effectively all of us still have jobs really for these businesses that are coming through us and with us. And that can build resentment if you never make anything. And also there can be a pitfall of expecting and demanding, like stamping your feet, like my business needs to pay me as much as my salary. It's like, well, wait a minute, this little entity and this little baby's trying to grow and you're just taking everything from it. Like that doesn't work either energetically and also just even thinking, where does that mindset come from, right? Often scarcity. And so you can really... um, take that on to choose a percentage each month or if you are at a point where you even have some level of consistency in your business like a base minimum that comes in each month I would absolutely recommend setting something up and having a conversation with your accountant around you know paying yourself uh, you know technically as an as an employee of course or you can do it through a dividend uh, and just be transferring that way but set it up um, I would say one of the best things I did was actually hire like basically hiring myself setting myself up as an employee of the company 
company and being like, right, I work for this entity and this is what I get paid. And even if you know your company does make $700 a month at the moment or $3,000 or whatever, then your salary could just be a few hundred bucks. And it was funny, I went through my zero the other day, we were doing all our visa things, providing all our evidence of pay slips. And I went back through and I was like, okay, this is my salary now. Uh, And I went all the way back and was like, wow, look at that cute little salary, right? And it wasn't even like, it wouldn't be a, a working salary initially. And you might feel silly for setting that up. Um, but it's so, so effective and so, so powerful. And for clients that I've helped in one-to-one coaching where we've set that up for them, it's made the world of difference for them to actually be like, I've got some stability. I know what's coming in. And I, I feel the fair energetic exchange with my business because what can be challenging is we can work all year and you know, if you're choosing to reinvest in your business, there might not be much profit or dividends in the first couple of years. And that can that can build resentment and put us in a drama triangle with our business where, yeah, we feel like we're the victim and then we're the hero and then we're the martyr and all of it. And actually we want to get out of that and be like, okay, well, what feels good? Like maybe it's just a couple hundred bucks a month, whatever it is, set that up um, and choose, you know, choose the percentage. And there isn't a perfect thing here. There isn't a perfect formula. I guess what I would say is, leading into the next piece um initially in business for me I didn't really trust uh the business as an asset so that's my final point I want to leave you with is that I looked at the business and I would look at the growth account or the profit account and I would take that money from the business for the first few years and put it into other assets now what's amazing about that is that I have other assets, which is really cool, right? And I think that is really important as entrepreneurs as well. If your business is your only asset, it's very risky um, because, of course, we want to be diversified. And so I am grateful that I did that um, because it gave me stability in other ways through share portfolios and property and cryptocurrency to have these other asset pools beyond the business, which was fantastic and is really important. And it's something we do in our wealth mastery training with our entrepreneurs and people is really getting you set up on the different ways you want to be earning and generating money and having that clear plan and your own strategy on that. So I'm grateful that I did do that. I learned the profit first mentality. If you haven't read that book, it is a must read. Go and read it. It just makes so much sense. Um, for you know, I can do a whole other episode on that. But uh, I would take that profit and I put it into other assets, right? Because I knew, I guess also in a way, just to go more macro and business level is like, I knew that, well, I thought, right? It was a limiting belief. Now I know having met lots of other entrepreneurs, but I thought that I would never be able to sell our business. And I actually thought I'd never want to. So I knew from my mindset, I was like, okay, well, if you have a personal brand, which obviously untapped is um, not necessarily anymore, um, but you know, it's an element of connected to me. If you have something like that, that can be really hard to sell, blah, blah, blah. People always say that in business circles, not necessarily true. My friend sold her social media agency. That was her name. Uh, so I don't believe that anymore. It's a limiting belief. But at that point I was like, okay, if I can't sell, exit and sell the business, then you want to be building other asset pools so that if you stop the business, you're okay. So I had that really drilled into me and that was really powerful. The thing that I regret or wish that I had an access to this mindset earlier was something that a mentor, a business mentor of mine gave me an insight around probably only 18 months ago. And it kind of blew my mind because of where the level of consciousness I'd been operating from around my finances or my profit when it came to the business. So 
paying yourself is really important from an energetic level to respect yourself, to be an employee for the fact that you're giving so much time to this vision and business. That's really important so you don't build resentment. Then you get left with this profit and this dividend, right? So what's if you're obviously running a profitable company because you've been doing your monthly audits and you've been making sure you're profitable, right? Um, but let's say at you know, the end of the month, you get left with a few thousand dollars or whatever it is, $10,000, $20,000, depends on your profit margin and your revenue, of course. And you get left with this. A lot of us, or me, I'm going to speak from my experience, I didn't trust the business to completely reinvest all that money because of a fear, a lack and scarcity mindset and a lack of trust in the business at that point. So I would siphon out the profit and put it into other assets which was great, like I said. But what I want to teach you is the pitfall and the mindset that I got an access to later in my business, which was that. A, I got the insight that I was doing that because of a lack of trust, right? Because I thought that I had to put it into these other stable things. The reality is, if you think about your cash and where it can make the most return, that's the mindset, right? If we're thinking about what is the cash I've got, what is the return I can get on it? Um, You put it into a shares portfolio, The first thing is you actually have zero control over the market, right? Which is interesting to think one of the mechanisms of, you know, great financial money management is also thinking about things we have within our control and out of our control. You put it into a shares market, hugely volatile, you have zero control over it, right? And the returns right now are dire, but even at best, the returns on average, you know, some years, sure, 17%, great years, but on average, probably 7 or 8%, right? Averaging over time. Not a bad return, but also not an amazing return. Then you think about that exact same amount of money uh, that could be put into other investments. Now, what most people don't think is they go, oh, well, okay, I could take it out and pay a mortgage or put it in shares or put it in some crypto or whatever. Mm, Possibly. What I want to give you an access to is the mindset I didn't have. What about the return that putting it back into the business could have? Because from a scarcity mindset, we try and get as much out of the business. The business is an entity and an asset itself. And the coolest thing about your business is that it is, you have the most control over your investments within your business. So I'm going to give context to this. End of the month, you have 3,000 profit, right? You put it into the shares market. It takes however long to get at an 8% return to get some micro return, or a few hundred bucks maximum. You put that same $3,000 back into your business and you choose an investment from that growth account. It might be, you know, that money could be sitting in your profit account or your growth account. And you go, I'm actually going to put this back into the business. You could get a 300, a 1000% return on that investment. And that investment is all within your control because it's happening in your sphere, right? Not trying to say you're trying, it's going to be the perfect result, but you have much more control over what you invest in and the return you get than if you put it in the stock market. So it's really the shift for me was realizing how much I had a lack of trust in my business and was just siphoning it out and what could have been available if I had this access to thinking of like, okay, okay, well, if I had 70 grand profit and I put all of that back into like hiring a team member, Right, paying a social media person every month. You think about the return you could get, A, from audience growth, from new clients, right? Maybe you get three new clients from that. That is worth its 10x its return, right? Or actually saying, I've got 10 grand in the profit account, I'm going to put it into a business coach. Now, I can hands down say, I've spent $30,000 on business trainings and made $300,000 in the time that we work together. 
right? Think about that return. There is no other asset pool in the world necessarily that can get you that kind of return. So your business, so trusting your business as an asset to reinvest in and thinking about it that way as well. Okay, I got five grand left. Okay, I got two grand here in my profit account. What do I want to do with it? Maybe I do want to put it in shares. Maybe I do feel I need that security. I want to build up my own bank at the moment. Sure. But the thing I wish I had an access to earlier was actually just the thinking of, huh, but maybe I could hire this person and this person and we could grow to this and how fun that could have been. Maybe I could run $2,000 worth of Facebook ads this month and see how many new leads we could get. And that could be 10 new clients and just really thinking about this return. And I was on an Ascension coaching call last night talking about this saying, you know, there was a, a thing about photo- getting a photo shoot done and you know, the business is making enough money and all of it. Yeah. And I want to take money out of it. I get it. I get it. And the business is a growing entity. And so in that in that instance, it was like, okay, let's say you get a photo shoot for a couple of thousand dollars and you actually commit to growing your business, then it levels up your professionalism and your marketing to a huge elevation. And then three new clients see that and think, wow, this person's for real. And you get some media attention because of it. And you get invited to another podcast and you've got these amazing headshots and you get new clients because of the professionalism. That has like 200x return. So when you're thinking about your profit in your business and that profit and growth account that you've set up and the money sitting there and you've set it aside in your disciplined way every month and it's there, think about what is the return I could get on this and think about it as a business and think about it as an asset instead of just, oh, how can I take that and put it into something safer? I get it, but one of my biggest lessons is that I didn't trust the business enough, right? So that's a mindset that may not be relevant or true for you. It might be a completely different context, but I want to share that because it's something I got more recently in business. And over the last year, sure, I've foregone a lot of profit and like siphoning it out into other assets, but the business has grown and how much fun I've been having in the business and how much space and time I've had back from reinvesting and making these amazing commitments. It's like, so much more joyful and comes from such a deeper place of trust and possibility and expansion than, okay, I'm going to take that out now. I'm going to take that out now. I'm going to take that out now. Right. At some point you've got to get your business as an entity that can grow and grow if it has the resources to do so. So you can choose how much you want to be putting back in and just think, what return could I get? 7% in the share market, this much on the property or this much in the business or myself, right? Because you're an asset as well. So those are the yummy, yummy, yummy uh, five habits, mindsets for million dollar CEOs. Like you think like that, you operate like that, you have that level of integrity with your money, that level of responsibility, that level of love, that level level of commitment, that level of expansive thinking, that level of organization. Like you are just going to rock it. Um, so I invite you to pause this episode now, write down on your notes, a list of actions that you're going to take immediately, right? Don't let that sit on your to-do list for like two weeks. Just go email the bank right now, open up more accounts, right? Hey, I need three new accounts with these names, right? Whatever it is, put the, put the calendar invite now for the monthly sessions, message your girlfriend and be like, do you want to do monthly financial audit reviews? right? Set up those bank accounts, get the credit card. If you're not using that, not promoting that, not an affiliate. If you're not good with money, please do not do that one. That can be an advanced one later. Um, and write down the ROI. What am I investing in my own investments? What am I investing in my business? What, what returns could they actually get, right? And choose for yourself a monthly payment that you're paying yourself, whether it's a percentage or a set amount, set that up and pay yourself so you can build that energetic trust and support with your business. So get those actions on your notes, 
right now and feel free to reach out to me or slide into my DMs if you have any questions. I absolutely love setting up entrepreneurs powerfully with this from the start. I have seen it all. I have seen people in complete messes. I have seen people not prepared for tax bills. I have seen people running million dollar companies and having no idea what's going on. And yeah, there is no judgment. There is no shame. There is just deciding the type of way you want to operate and how you want to feel because money can create so much anxiety and overwhelm for people. And this is an opportunity to just take radical responsibility and freaking rock your money game. And I can promise you it feels so much better to have that money there and available and know what can be spent and what can't be and that you're gaining points and you're also making money back and it's just going to level up. So really invite you to also listen to this episode again. I know that I just jammed like so many concepts, so many actionables and so much value. So invite you to listen to this one again uh, and that'll be really good for the actioning of things and if you know that you're ready to level up your money game and level up your business game then invite you to consider our wealth energetics workshop Uh, that is a really potent one for leveling up how you're thinking about your money how you're investing how you're planning if you want the access to those uh, financial projection documents and everything that's in the wealth energetics workshop the link is in the show notes or if you're ready to go deep on your entire business game in your leadership game this is just one tiny tiny snippet of a five-day immersive business training that we do the untapped business and leadership immersive happening in March next year five days marketing leadership consciousness finances offerings like it is such an incredible event marrying strategy practicality of running an early stage business with leadership and energetics as well so that is in the show notes as well, feel free to slide into my DMs if you've got questions or if you'd love to jump on a call and chat about where you're at in business and what could be a good next step, I would love to do that as well. I just think this is such an important thing that we can get set up early and I've learned so much over the years and I, like I said, I don't have regrets but things could have been different and I'm also grateful for the people that taught me all of this uh, early so that I could be empowered in this conversation and I want that for you too. So thank you so much for being here. Check out the links in the show notes, get those actions happening and we will see you on the next episode. 